The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Again! Again! We're gonna knock these doors down and capture that traitor Sheba, son of Bikrai. Again! Listen! Listen! Tell Joab to come here so I can speak to him! Are you Joab? I am. Okay, listen to what your servant has to say. I'm listening. Long ago, they used to say, get your answer at Abel, and that settled it. We are the peaceful and faithful in Israel. You are trying to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel. Why do you want to swallow up the Lord's inheritance? Far be it from me, ma'am. It is not in my character to swallow up or destroy. That is not my case. A man named Sheba, son of Bikri, from the hill country of Ephraim, has lifted up his hand against the king, against David. Hand over this one man, and I will withdraw from your city. His head will be thrown to you from the wall. The king is back, but not everyone is happy. This week we discuss 2 Samuel chapter 20 and uncover a plot by Sheba and members of the northern tribes of Israel who attempted a rebellion. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right. Welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. I'm Nakazge. <laughs> Giving it your time. My name is Earl Roberts. And yeah, so welcome back. This week, this is episode 111. Man, one, time one, is one. flying. Time is yeah. flying. Time is flying. But God has been great. Definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in again for another week. Um, yeah, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, bro. I cannot lie. I... Ooh, my birthday next week. That is by true. Time, yeah, by the time this drop, you know, I will be 29 years old and entering my last year in the 20s. Woo. Mercy. Yeah, I am thankful, you know, and I I feel like I have a lot of work to do because I have a perception of who 30-year-old Lacaz is, <laughs> and I can see the distance between... <laughs> Me and 30-year-old Lakar. So, you know, this next Mercy. year, by the grace of God, I, I pray to to shift gears, you know what I'm saying, and get have some tunnel vision, you know. Hey man, yeah, how man. about you? How, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. This week's been busy. This week has been very, very busy. Like even today's a Friday that we're recording this, man. And man, I had a meeting with the county at four o'clock PM on a Friday. Like, that's just an example of how 
overall busy my week has been, but God has been good, man. Like I heard a text this week when I was driving to work on one of the days I drove into work because I had another meeting in person mm. that I need to attend. <laughs> oh, this week was full of meetings. But it said like, um, uh, what was it? I think it was Proverbs 30 verse 5. Essentially saying that the uh like the Lord shields those who put his re- who puts who puts refuge who who puts their refuge in him. Mm. And like to me, I don't know, it struck me because like I was just stressing over different things this week. I mean, I have a big exam coming up in a month. Um, got work, you know, like I mean, even though I'm still new to this job at this new company, still want to be doing like my best. And I, I put a lot of stress on myself potentially, you know what I'm saying? just something I just always have done, but like, it's just interesting. Like, you know, God, the good Lord shields those who put their refuge in him. And I'm like, man, refuge. Just, I just started thinking about like the word refuge. Like, you know, when you have like a shelter from the trouble, when you have shelter from persecution, like that's your refuge. And it's interesting. The Lord is our refuge when we put our trust in him. And it even causes, caused me to step up, like take a step back and just think like, man, you're stressing what you tend to do from time to time. But again, why are you stressing? It's because you're taking on all this burden instead of just like, you know, trusting God to see you through everything. Mm. And man, even today, like I had a big meeting with the county and that went way smoother than I expected it to be, man. Like way smoother. And, and it God. just, and it, God is, God is great, man. But it just goes to show like, man, like we overcomplicate things in our minds a lot. And it's partially because, you know, we we take on the burden. We take on that stress. We know we should cast all our cares upon him, but it's it's weird that that seems harder than actually just trying to do it ourselves when all we really do need to do is just trust God. I mean, like, do our part, but have the faith and trust in him to see us through to the end because he never leaves us or forsake us. And if we, he's our he's our shelter. I mean, like, that's literally what the verse says. He's our shelter, you know what I'm saying? So it it. I guess that's a weekly thought, but I mean, yeah, man, like that's, that's kind of like how, um, how my week was essentially. I needed that reminder. I needed that reminder to like, bro, chill out. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Chill out. Chill out. It's always needed. Oh, I have a praise request from one of our listeners that praise request. Oh, praise shout out. I guess. You know what I meant? Yeah. Praise Praise report. (laughs) That's okay. the word. I'm like, if you're requesting some prayers, <laughs> <laughs> that seems cocky. That's pretty cocky. I don't know. <laughs> oh my! But from Adia, I did promise her that I would actually say it on the pod, and she said, "Say it on the pod." I told her she said, "Come on the pod." Oh, for she sure. Said, she said she can set that up too. But I told her that you can set that up easy. I told her that. Adia, but- if you listen. Don't run. Oh no, she'll be listening. She'll be listening. And she can say, oh, only thing I gonna do is giggle on the on the podcast. I say, nah, nah, don't worry. We gonna, we, we gonna get it out of you. Yeah, no, yeah, we 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 it, it's gonna work out. It's gonna work out. <laughs> but her praise, her praise report was that like her her visa got approved finally. She was Amen. home for a little bit. I mean, we both know that struggle oh, to a certain know. degree. We've been there. <laughs> we've been there. Yeah, oh, so she, she was home for a couple of months, but it got got approved by the grace of God. Again, trusting in God, seeing like, you know, it's so funny, man, because like when you're going through these struggles and tribulations, nothing makes sense in the moment, especially when at the initial like, like, man, like I'm, I'm stuck for lack of a better word. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm stuck and God has you in a place where you need to be for the plot, for the time that you need to be there, even though, even when you don't realize that. And that's what I'm realizing a lot. Like 
God has you in places where you need to be, even when it seems inconvenient at first. Mm-hmm. But when you look back and self-reflect, even sometimes while you're there, you see like, oh, I needed to be here because if I would never hear X, Y, and Z wouldn't have happened or X, Y, and Z would have happened, then that would have been very tragic if I wasn't here for this moment. Very true. So you never know, but but God is good. Praise God that she got that Praise accepted. You know, it's if a, it was in person, I'd do a little applause. I think I might still do that. Let me let me make a note. It's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We getting that. We still working on these things in the podcast, but like that's that's a big blessing. Yo, we should do like, uh like end of the year, like my story part two, just prayers mm. report for like the whole year. Oh yeah, different type that's, of episode. That's something we could do. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, man. Uh, everyone, definitely hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button. Share with a friend if you like our content. Um, we are we will be del- delving into Second Samuel chapter twenty this week. Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter twenty. Um, last week we saw that well, Absalom died. David was filled with grace and humility as he returned back to the kingdom of Israel. He didn't march his way back and just assert his dominance as we would expect or as we are used to seeing in movies as when kings come and conquer a city. But David more so was saying, you know what? It's only by the grace of God that I've gotten this, gotten my throne back. It's only by the grace of God that I'm even back here in Israel. I'm going to essentially all of my enemies, I'm going to extend the same grace that God extended me. I'm going to let the Israel Israelites choose within their hearts if they're going to accept me back as their king. I'm not just going to come and say, I'm your king, I'm back. No, David didn't do that. And we had some very good discussions about it, some very like thought-provoking statements. Definitely check out last week's episode, episode 110. Um, the king is back. Definitely check that out. Definitely check that out. But um, anything you got to say on that? Or well, Let's get it. <clears throat> So yeah, 2 Samuel chapter 20, reading from not this version, but this version. The New King James. That's the one, yep, correct. And here it happened, there to be a rebel whose name was Sheba, the son of... See, you know when you say a name in your mind, Hmm. right? Yeah. (laughs) And it never really has to make sense because really and truly it's a filler. Mm -hmm. But when it's time to say this word out loud... (laughs) You're like, what I said in my mind definitely wasn't right. Mm. <laughs> and what I'm about to say doesn't sound like it's going to be right. I'll tell you, bro. <laughs> bro, the audio, the audio, listening, listening to the Bible, I just let them do that for me. You know what I mean? Like, like if you just, if you just decide, all right, like I can listen to this chapter instead of reading just so I can get the names. Mm-hmm. Trust me, bro. Some of them, some of them pronunciations is stick. You feel me? Not all though, but okay, so, so, you, so you got this one. I got you, bro. Go Shiva, son of Bikrai. Bikrai. That's that's according to one of them translations I listened to, probably the King James version, but yep. Bikrai, a Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no share in David, nor do we have inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. And for context, something I did skip over, but in 2 Samuel 19, at the end, there was a quarrel about a, a quarrel about the king because the men of Judah went out to receive David unto himself. And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, we have 10 shares in the king. 
it's funny how they like, you know, saying shares like every every tribe. Remember, there's 12 tribes of Israel, like saying like every tribe has one part of David. Yeah, claim. <laughs> so they're saying we have 10 shares in the king. Therefore, we also have more right to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Why were we not first to, adv- to advise bringing back our king? So you see the men of Israel, the northern 10 tribes, were feeling some type of way or salty or slighted by the men of Judah receiving David unto themselves. They're saying, hold on, hold on. There's, we outnumber you tribe-wise. We, we mm-hmm. outnumber you guys, but you guys are acting like David's just only your king. Like, what about us? Yeah. And we can see this kind of like, in terms of like, during the like monarch um, era of Israel, right? This is kind of the first time we see Judah and the other tribes just not being on one one accord. Like it might not be the first time, but we know we know for sure throughout Kings and Chronicles, we see that continuing, continuing, mm-hmm. continuing. But it's, I think this I think this might be one of the first times we've seen that, if not the first time. Yeah, I think this is like a prelude of what's to come. You know what I'm this, saying? Like this I might guess, be the this might be the start of the tension. Yeah. Or the disagreements between those two. Exactly. That's that's what I think. I think it's like here's where it where it where it gets us to like foothold. Mm-hmm. So in verse two, so every man in Israel deserted David and followed Sheba the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah from the Jordan as far as Jerusalem remained loyal mm-hmm. to their king. Now David came to his house at Jerusalem and the king took 10 women, took the 10 women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house and put them in seclusion and supported them, but did not go into them. So they were shut up to the day of their death, living in widowhood. Mm. And for context, for everyone who may or may not have missed that part, it would this like this is a referral to when Absalom was defiling the throne of David under the instructions of Ahithophel. Yep. And he went into the concubines that David had left behind just to keep over the to keep over the house. And he had sex with them on the roof in the front in the eyes of all of all of Israel. One fulfilling a prophecy by Nathan but desecrating and really defiling David's throne because that was a grave sin. Someone even arguing irreconcilable sin to the Israelites that you would do that to the king, especially. So he's your father's 10 concubines. mm -hmm. Want to make a statement. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You take his girls, you feel me? And you, that's what you think about the king. I'm the king now. Like basically is what he's saying. Like I take, I take your wives. I take your throne. Cause he took advantage of the fact that David was running from him. David did chose not to fight, you know. It was a wise thing to do for the sake of the whole country. You know, there's less damage that's going to happen if if I just run right now because there's a lot of tension. And during that time, Ahithophel conspired with Absalom. Mm-hmm. I told him, bro, if you really want to make a statement and let people know that you that you come that you come and that you not coming to play like you you coming for real, do that and do that openly. Man, and, go for sorry. No, nah, no, nah. I was done. <clears throat> like what's so? <clears throat> pardon me. Like what's so sad about it? It's like David couldn't like divorce them. He couldn't punish them. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't 
kill them because it wasn't really their transgression. You know what I'm saying? It was something because of Absalom did. And it's so sad because one man's sin essentially ruined these women's lives and more have, so than David. Yes, and that it and that happens because I'm basically trying to say people need to understand that your actions or your sin can impact someone for the rest of their life. Like, think about it, bro. Like, if somebody abducts a child, bro, that their parents impacted for the rest of their life, but even if that child come back and unharmed and stuff like that, you're going to be very worried, bro. If something traumatic happens to you, this impacts you for the rest of your life. If somebody, if you get into an accident, go out for a bit, and you are injured, this one this one thing, you know what I'm saying? But it can, it can impact your life forever. You know what I mean? And I just feel like, <clears throat> the golden rule, bro. Do you want the others, bro? Mm-hmm. Would you like someone to impact your life like that? Where you cannot, bro, like virginity was such a was such an important thing during that time. You know what I mean? Like this kid, if you lose, if you lose your virginity before marriage, this kid in park, if you ever get married. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, man. You understand what I said? Like, because and, and that's the next thing that like I'm glad you bring that up. Because some would argue, like, why didn't David just let them go be married? He literally couldn't. Like, no one else would no one else would take them. So, like, it's like David did the best he could do in the circumstance. Like, I'ma just take care of y'all, mm-hmm. but that's literally it. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all almost can't be in my presence no more. Like, see, and then like from David's perspective, right? It ain't it ain't David fault this happened. But it ain't the ladies fault this happened, right? But what the fact of the matter is, it did happen. You know where it is? For my for me to be with you all after my son did this, bro. I can't look past that, but I just could be thinking about my son who is no more. So this is weird to me. You understand what I'm saying? Like I understand I can understand David not wanting to to lay with them. You understand? But like, like he ain't even. I don't understand what David could have done in, in, in this, especially as a king. Well, a good much wise, bro. If this 10 concubines just one time. I mean, no, you have but four or five wives from, from the jump. Like, <laughs> you exactly. start your kingdom off with multiple wives. You know exactly, what I mean? exactly. So it, it, was a, it was a precarious position to be placed in regardless of the fact. Like, it, yeah, it, it's just awful. But it is reminiscent of Amnon as well, though. And you see... I realize that a lot of times people don't really be upset with the sin, you know. Mm-hmm. They're upset with who you sinning or, or how it impacts me. I'm non raped his sister Tamar. Mm-hmm. Right? Absalom was so angry with that. He killed Amnon. And this caused him to rebel against his father and all all type of stuff in between. But you went a, you went a, you turned around and did the same thing to ten concubines. Ten, not even just one. Right, so you don't hate you don't hate rape, you understand what I'm saying? You hate that it was your sister, but you don't actually hate the crime, bro. Like a lot of times, you see people they talk about, uh, and you know we block, bro. So like a lot of times I go back to block stuff because this is our community, bro. A lot of times you hear people talk about slavery and civil rights and stuff like that, and then a lot of these people who passionate, they would like to, um. Exile, not exile, but they would like to separate themselves from other races. They, they don't want things to be equal, you know. They don't, they don't want, 
like they, like they want revenge is what I'm saying. Like a lot, like sometimes people on on a, on a on a far end of a spectrum, mm-hmm. they want revenge, bro. They want other races to experience what black people experience, right? But in my mind, I'm like, bro, are you angry at the cruelty? Or are you angry that they did this to me? Because if it's the latter, then revenge is understandable. Because you're not mad that you're not mad that I was our people was murdered or kidnapped. You understand what I'm saying? You mad that we had to experience murder and kidnap, but you wasn't mad at murder and kidnapping in itself or all of the vile acts in between. Because if you were, but like, I could be real, bro. It's certain, it's certain sins, bro, to be honest with you, nothing you could do to get me to do that. This thing could happen to me, but I'm not doing that. But I, I don't know. I detest these things, bro. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Certain things, bro. Like, because obviously we all sin, like, but... Sometimes you see people reacting and sometimes it's in the it's in the name of, oh, this person did this bad thing. But it's not the thing that you actually mad at. This person did this bad thing to you. You mm-hmm. are mad that you are on the other side of the offense. Because if you are it your way, which we will see when revenge <laughs> comes around, you want to be the offender. You know what I mean? <laughs> this had me thinking, like, how last week I just was like, yeah, I'd kill him myself. <laughs> 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 you let me tell you something with you. <laughs> you start the episode off. You start the episode off questioning Joab, right? But then you you give yourself away, bro. You and Joab more alike than you think, bro. <laughs> Maybe next episode we can get into that a little bit more. But if, if in the story you ain't a master in the story, bro. You Joab in the story, bro. Like you ain't David either, bro. And you made that clear because David did something that you wouldn't have done. <laughs> See, I'm a man who just, just straight to the point, man. Like for the throne for the king. <laughs> man, oh man. You just don't tolerate traitors, bro. No, no, no. Uh-uh. I ain't. Bro, listen to me. I ain't going on no other Bible podcast, all right, bro? Not unless I run up by you, bro. I just said, you know, I ain't, ain't going to jump ship, bro, because I, I don't know how that'll go. <laughs> I don't know how that'll Oh, my. Into- oh, my. But, the, but but to your point, uh, like, that's a valid point. Like, and it takes it takes a certain level of being real with yourself because I take lying, for example. Mm. Lying ain't a good thing, right? People, but if... It, it, Society don't really have a problem with lying. Ironically, and it's as horrible as this, society almost expects people to lie. Mm-hmm. But do. you just don't like when someone lie to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just the fact <laughs> of the matter. Like, 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 and like in, again, let's take killing, for example. Everyone, I think, agrees killing is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But a certain part of us, we, we, we are so numb to it and we want to see it in movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. But when is your loved one? It's a problem. Oh, yeah. It's a big problem. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I used to take my family member. But if it was Billy Joe down the road, it's oh, sad. You know, yeah. But you'll be like, oh, you shouldn't have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's true. Billy Joe wasn't really that good of a person, if you really think about it. You know? Like, they rationalized all type of things why this person's death is not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. You know? But, but that's a really good perspective, though. I mean, because it's it's true. It's true. A lot of things people don't have a problem with un- unless it hits home. Right. And that goes with everything. That's like a worldwide problem. Like, 
Anyway, I'm going to get too political just now. So I, I caught myself. Yeah. I felt the, yeah. sp- <laughs> felt the spirit saying, hey, let's not go down this part. Let's slap it up. Let's move along. So in verse four, the king said to Amasa, and you want, you want some interesting insight on who Amasa was outside of the part. I just so I think that'll be good for the people's context since I don't think we said it last episode. Yes. That bro, and, and I must apologize to the viewers, bro, because I it take me to the end of Second Samuel to realize how important the genealogy of almost everybody, if not everybody, mentioned in the book of Samuel in the Samuels. Because Sometimes they just mention this person and I get it. I get the role that they play in the overall theme of the story, but I did not understand the relation, bro. Like this changes things. So for context, what what Earl was alluding to, Amasa is David's nephew, another one of David's nephews, right? And so essentially when Amasa was given a position over Joab, it was basically saying that, I am demoting one of my nephews and I am promoting another one of my nephews. And now Amasa, who is a traitor, is a little less, I don't know, it's it like the blow isn't as is isn't as big when you understand that he was riding for his cousin, Absalom. This is my nephew at the end of the day. Like you, you use a traitor. It's like, it's like a hit the fell, right? A hit the fell knew he had to kill himself because. David is no relation to me, right? <laughs> I am a traitor to David. He is not going to have any mercy. Bear, bear in mind, he may have. He may probably have. would have. He, he really probably would have. But in Ahithophel's mind, it's, I'm done, right? But as for Absalom, this my son. <clears throat> but This my son, but it's also my enemy. Eh, but I could treat him like it's my son. That's how David reacted. And so that's what David is doing for a master too. You my nephew. You was my enemy. Mm, but I'm going to just treat you like you my nephew. You know what I'm saying? I like giving you the grace of family. You know what I mean? And that's probably why David didn't kill him. <laughs> yes, I, I, yes, one hundred percent. I, I believe that's why one David didn't kill him, and two, David showed him the level of grace. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, who knows? But I think that played a role in it. And so Amasa, so David said to the king, "Assemble the men of Judah for me within three days, and be here to present yourself, and be here yourself." So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he delayed longer than the set time which David had appointed him. And David said to Abishai, now Ziba, the son of Bechari, Bechari, <laughs> will do us more harm than Absalom. Mm. Take your large servants and pursue them, lest he find for himself fortified cities and escape us. So Joab bands along with the Cherethites, the Pilithites, and all the mighty men went out after him. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. When they were at a large stone in Gibeon, Amasa came before them. So I'm, I'm going to put a pause right there and like just talk about this part right here. So, so, so it's two things. We see like, well, I mean, maybe three, but we'll, let's, see what, let's see how far this goes, right? Mm-hmm. So we see David telling Amasa, hey, Sheba, I, I hear a word of what Sheba's doing. Let's try squash this quickly. We just get done with Absalom. Mm-hmm. We don't need. <laughs> I can almost see him. This country can't take. This country can't take too much more right now. Let's right. let's let's put an end to the civil war. They, the, the country just had to decide between two kings. We don't need to have this happen again so fast. 
again and again and again. Because if she will make make grounds, other people can get bright ideas. Right now, it's a whole ten set of ten group of cities or tribes that are not that fond of me. We need to nip this in the butt. Yeah, and we see, and David's like, yeah, we don't see where Absalom led. I didn't deal with it in time, and where that led to, mm-mm. we need to, we need to act swiftly. Yeah, so he give he, he tell a master who's supposed to be in charge of the king's guard now. Everyone first day on the job, the army. <laughs> you have three days, bro. Assemble everyone. Mm-hmm. But we see it was taking a little longer, and some would argue that the army still didn't respect a master mm-hmm. in in a, in a certain sense because I mean, like this translation said, the king's guard, right? Ah, uh, so. So Joab's man, no, it's literally says, so Joab's man. So literally see like who was, who was going along with, 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 uh, with Abishai. Joab's men. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So these are like Joab's followers. So I can see them saying, bro, Mm, I don't answer to you. For real. Like that's like, that's essentially what you see. Like, yo, Joab's our commander. Like, yeah, David placed you in charge, but we don't respect you. And it's a serious thing when the army does not respect the general. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And we can see that that, that was blatantly happening because they still followed Abishai. Like, okay, Abishai, that's 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 Joab's brother. Like, cool, yeah. we we could rock with him. Amasa, nah, no. And then think about the enemy. We always just trying to kill people, bro. And, that, and, that's, like, and, and that's the sad part about it too. Like, bro, I was just trying to fight you like a week ago. Yeah, I can't. I can't flip the switch just like that. Not at all, bro. Not at all. And so now we see. Um, so now Joab, so now Amasa came before them. So Amasa saw like, okay, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all finally got some people together. Let me, you know, make my move now. So now they, they, they are on the road trying to go to Sheba. What, what yeah, Sheba. And Amasa just comes out. And so now Joab was dressed in his battle armor on his belt with his sword fastened on the sheath at his, at his hips. And as he was going forward, it fell out. So... Some scholars I read show that yo Joab was really trying to get a master to drop his guard down. Mm. Cause we're gonna see then in verse nine, then Joab said to Master, Are you in health, my brother? And then Joab took a master by the beard with his right hand to kiss him, but a master didn't notice the sword that was in Joab's hand. And he struck him in the stomach, and his entrails poured out to the ground, and he did not strike him again, and thus he died. Mm. But it was like trying to, so, so some scholars say what Joab was really doing was trying to get a master to lower his guard down so he could kill him. Mm-hmm. So like one star drop on the floor, but you ain't see like this dagger in my next hand ready oh, to yeah. stab you. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I dropped my sword, right? But, you know, I don't need a sword because we all are the same team, right? Mm-hmm. But in the event that you thought that I did need a sword, I don't have my sword. It's all right, it's- be cool. You know what I mean? But now I got that dagger. And the King James said he, he strike him on the fifth rib one time, probably in the kidney or something. Job just was very, very skillful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he ain't in you plenty times, bro. He ain't in you. I can't say more than once, but he probably, he probably, what, he had absent like three times. <clears throat> but, I think, I, I think I just, that was just frustration at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was trying to make a statement. This one's for my feels. <laughs> right. See, because think about it. Absalom was completely disarmed and unprotected. So you could have just strike him once. You could have cut off his head. You could have do all type of things just once. But yeah, he, he was trying to do that. So then Joab and Abishai, his brother, pursued Sheba, the son of Bichari. Meanwhile, the men of Joab's, meanwhile, one of the men of Joab stood near Amasa. 
and said, whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, follow Joab. Mm. But Amasa wallowed in his blood in the middle of the highway. And when the man saw that all the people stood still, he moved Amasa from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him. Wow. When he saw that everyone who came upon it upon him halted. When he was removed from the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. Bro, that's 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 crazy though, bro. Cause like Joab just have the green light, bro. Ever since they killed Abner, son of Nail, it's like they do not care, bro. Like, cause remember that was the first time these brothers, the sons of who I can't remember who who, who they thought he was, but um, sons of Abi Arthai. Anyway, I think so. Yeah. What would I, what would I do with your sons of Abi Arthai? No, Zeruiah. Sons of Zeruiah. Okay, that, yeah. That sound a little better, bro. That ring off the tongue much better, bro. I ain't gonna lie, dog. <laughs> I can find it. Keep going. Please tell keep me I'm right, bro. But anyway, keep going, keep going. What am I to do with you sons of Zeruiah? But ever since, um, I think this was early in 2 Samuel, if not 1 Samuel. I did not. Right? Yeah, it, it would have been the beginning of 2 Samuel. For those who do not know when David was trying, to, when David was about to become king, you know, he was king over Judah and the remaining tribes were belonging to a man named, who was it? Not a Hithophel, not, not Mephibosheth, Ishbosheth, Ishbosheth. It was a guy named, it was a, the son of Saul, Ish, Ishbosheth, right? <clears throat> Abner, who was the commander of Saul's army, who was supporting Ishbosheth at the time, decided that he wanted to join forces with um, David. However, the sons of Zeruiah, Abishai, um, Joab, and I can't remember what the other brother's name was. Um, that other brother had passed away by Abner in war at, at a, a time before this. But anyway, long story short, those brothers, even though he um, Abner had a truce with, with David, those brothers decided we are going to sneakily kill Abner when he least expected because he thinking we all good because, you know, it's a truce with David. They killed him. David was upset about them. David cursed them. Even before that, they were saying, David, I could kill Saul for you right now. I could kill Saul for you right now. You could tell if it's up to them, it ain't going to be no talking. We just mm-hmm. going to kill, bro. Like, if we have our enemy in striking distance, we will strike. They were the perfect bodyguards, so I ain't even going to lie. No, Fox, bro. It's just they are insubordinate. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's what I'm saying, bro. Like They are insubordinate, but it's... It, it, and it, and again, this is a conversation uh, that we get into that I don't think it was supposed to be for this episode or this chapter, but like it, it's work it like it's it gonna repeat itself, but it's like our concept of right and wrong is so flawed because in their minds they doing what's right. Right. However, I I'm I'm not see, I'm not talking morally or for the sake of the kingdom, right? But if your king tells you do not kill my son. And you go ahead and kill us and kill my son. No, and it ain't even that we was fighting each other and I had to do what I had to do. Because remember when Abner killed um Joab's brother, I can't remember his name. Ashael. Ashael. They were fighting and Abner was like, bro, how can I look Joab in the face? How can I look your brothers in the face if I was to kill you? But Ashael did not want to stop pursuing him. And so Abner had to do what he had to do. That was not the case for Joab. When he killed Abner, that was not the case for Joab. <laughs> when he killed Absalom, that was not the case for, for Joab. When he killed Amasa, that was not the case for Joab, bro. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like this man, Abner, if he, if 
if your time up to him, your time your up, bro. <laughs> your time is up. It is better for the kingdom that you perish. Nah, the only thing would it look like the only time when they do oblige is when David right there. But if David ain't right there, of course, like right, just like um, Shimei last episode, mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, hey, David, wait, wait, wait." He cursed the Lord's anointed. Remember, surely you know we gotta kill him. And David was like, "Bro, what I what am I to do with you?" On? And it was Zeruiah, the sons of Zeruiah. I appreciate it, but um, yeah, bro. So I don't know, bro. David, just make this man, um, commander Amasa. I'm talking about your first day on the job. You feel this probably your first week on the job, and now. Joab cut pick up the slack for you. He he get everybody together and I'll be going, right? <clears throat> and you see me and you just kill me? What? Why? Whoa, what the king? The king don't have nothing to say. Like you don't think the king gonna deal with this or just demote him or banish him. Now, in all fairness, Joab might say, bro, because he failed this mission, because the people don't want to listen to him, that probably gonna turn him sour. He probably gonna turn around and go to Sheba and conspire with them or do more harm than good or whatever but we don't know and we'll never know because Joab don't even give his enemies a chance to double cross them bro. no to double cross them and Joab, that's why I say he insubordinate bro because David might say hey I'm making you this and Joab is like no I'm making you dead <laughs> <laughs> the man say deal gently with my son and you and you shoot three dots in his chest bro like come on dog <laughs> You put three in him, bro. He was, bro, he he was hanging helplessly, bro. I got to side with Joe up on this one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you do it to me, cuz. No, no, all right. Nah, I ain't saying what was the best thing. Because we obviously can see David. Some of David's choices ain't the best thing for Israel. Because David didn't want to cry all day when Israel needed a king and a leader. You understand what I saying? And who had to talk him straight? Joab. I understand Joab's plight, bro. What I'm saying is the man is disobedient, bro. But he might be a rebel with a cause. I think that's your argument right there. He have a cause, bro, and it's for the greater good. Oh, <laughs> uh, but the sad thing is when we get to when we when we get to kings, I I I can no longer defend Joab. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Joab is hard set. It, it's starting to get it's starting to get to the point where Joab creating himself to be a villain. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen the character shift. Yeah, yeah. And when we get there, you could be like, bro, this isn't a character shift. It's who we ever was. It's who he was, bro. You just get tired of faking. <laughs> oh my. So where were we? Where were we? Where were we? Okay. Um, I think just kill him in the stomach and he died. So we go on to verse 11. Or- yeah, so I think we finished verse 11. So when he, removed to, when he was removed from the highway, all the people went after Joab and pursued the son of Bichari. So in verse 14, yep. and he went through all the tribes of Israel from Abel to Makkah and all the Berites. So they were gathered together and also went after Sheba. Then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Makkah. Might be pronouncing that wrong, forgive me. And they cast up a siege mound against the city, and it stood by the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Hear, here, please say to Joab, come nearby, that I may speak with you. When he had come near to her, the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. 
Then the woman said to him, hear the words of your maidservant. And he answered, I am listening. You see, it's, it's so funny because sometimes I'm like, okay, Bible, this is the context y'all can give us. This is the back and forth y'all can give us. Yep. This is the dialogue. Other, other dialogues, I just really want to know what y'all was saying. No, I should just get the overview. And it's be funny when they choose to give dialogue because they could have just like summarize all of this. You know what I mean? No, for real. But you know, it's here for a reason. I accept that. I also accept I might not know the very reason why. You know, my catchment the third time I read the Bible. True. But it's definitely here for a reason. Um, in verse 18, so she spoke saying, they used to talk in the former time saying they shall surely seek guidance at Abel. And so they would end disputes. I am among the peaceful and the faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? Mm. And this is a complete tangent I'm about to go on. Right? But when I, well, like, when I like, read this and I picture like these 18 and 19, I just picture like, I don't know, older woman just like talking, like the scene is dark and just huh, and show up. Then she like, almost like talking in a riddle, like, like, like in a sense, like, why are you doing this? Like for real? I picture like it might be raining outside. Well, <laughs> I do it a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. You get very, very imaginative. <laughs> I just I picture the scene, True. and then Joab answered, "Far be it, far be it from me that I." I don't that- believe that. See, but I don't believe that though. <laughs> what you mean, far be it from you, bro? I don't believe that. But you know what? <clears throat> I know I might be going too hard on you because I don't see you punishing innocent people. I was going to say, like. Yeah. Like, okay, Joab is an insubordinate, right? Yeah. He's an insubordinate. But, but, I can make a valid argument. Everyone who we unalived had it coming. coming. (laughs) He's still noble. He's still a noble man. Because we see, like, he ain't here just because, like, he ransacking the place. Mm -hmm. He here because we are sent here to quash a rebellion. Yep. So I hear on a mission. So he's saying, you know, far be it from me to do this. Would you accuse me of killing? No, no, I, I'm a, I'm a murderer. Yeah, for sure. But innocent people? No, that's why I draw the line now. Who you take me for? <laughs> like those days left me when I was in the Philistine camp. <laughs> true, true, true. Oh man, I just accidentally exited out. If you have it, you can continue. <laughs> You remember what verse he was even at, bro? I got it, though. Anyway, and Job and Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. That is not so. But a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, has raised his hand against the king, against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said to Joab, mm-hmm. Watch. His head will be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri. Mercy. And threw threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet and they withdrew from the city. Every man to his tent. For Joab returned to the king king at Jerusalem. So there's a couple more things like just to point out, right? So the tactic we're seeing are, are being alluded to right now is what we would call in modern times siege warfare, right? Because without saying it, we can see that 
Sheba did what David assumed he would do. He retreated to a fortified city. Mm-hmm. And the map they threw the head over the wall shows that there was large walls. Sometimes, like you could, I guess the best picture we have in our mind right now is like Jericho or like a fortress, like one of the fortified cities. Everyone watched any movie or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we see in that, you know, so she called like, she she called up to Joab saying, yo, I need to put an end to the siege. And for context, when the siege warfare is no one's getting in or out of the city, if all your fields and farms are the city, there's no grain being imported in the city. The whole purpose of, city, of siege warfare is to essentially starve the city of its natural resources until they have to eventually cave in. Mm-hmm. So that's what Job and this underman were doing. We can't come into the city, but guess what? None of y'all can come out with your lives intact or none of your resources and food can get in. So mm-hmm. it's about uh, like, how long can y'all last in there? We have unlimited resources out here. Right. We outside. Yeah. We outside. We can hunt. We can get water, all of that. But y'all in this city? Cause it ain't like it was running water and thing like that. They all still have to go fetch water when you all run out and all that. So exactly, exactly. But we saw that that's where she thought he would have refuge in a fortified city. And so now the, the lady called out to Joab. Reason with Joab, Joab saying, Hey, I just hear synopsis for Shiva. Mm-hmm. I mean y'all no harm. I mean this city no harm. Quite mm-hmm. honestly. I don't even care about the city. I ain't here for y'all. I just here for one man. Y'all give me Shiva. I have no problems leaving. I essentially almost give you my word. Hmm. Woman was like, okay, we got this. Oh yeah, that's a normal thing. She (laughs) wanted everybody. (laughs) We will throw his head down to you. Just give us some time. We can find him. Just just give us some time. Confident. Just give us some time. Yeah, but she go on to them and say, listen, yeah, I know this y'all boy or whatever, bro. Well, what Nicodemus say? Why should one man take, well, what do he say? One man's death? He say something like that, man. But mm-hmm. anyway, the sentiment is, <clears throat> this man got to die so we can live, bro. You feel me? Like, you don't want them breaking on this wall with this bottle and rum they got outside. And now yeah. they really come in through it. And we can get on control them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we throw, we throw, we get Shiva, <clears throat> kill him, throw his head over, and be safe. Exactly, exactly. So now, now she bought a whole city against him. You can't hide no more. It's not, it's like, ain't this rebellion sounded cool when nothing of us was getting taken? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But now, now you're just putting our lives in danger. You're putting our resources in danger. You're putting our well being in danger. The man here, they're here for you. Mm -hmm. Bro, David, David is my king. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Long live the king. David is David is my king, so I hey, whatever you hey, they better just us you, but yeah, bro, we for you, bro. You safe here. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they, 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 they had a city meeting. So guys, um uh so who gonna That's Sheba? Who gonna break it them that 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 uh we ain't on this side no more? <laughs> no, we ain't gonna break it them. We can just wait till he come over, let him chill. Shing! <laughs> he ain't even gonna know. <laughs> He'll never even know, bro. Might do him like, oh, Samson, that they do Samson, but while he's sleeping. Do it like, do it like I'm not, bro. Just get your drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. You. Normal. <laughs> Absolute, <laughs> my man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'm not gonna get killed. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, many ways, but the Bible chose not to go into detail about that. Mm hmm. And then so we see the woman in her wisdom went to all the people that cut off her head. 
cut off his hand and threw it to Joab. And he blew the trumpet and withdrew from the city. And every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king of Jerusalem. So now we see in verse 23 to 26, we're just going over some of the positions that, that David had in his kingdom. Um, we see Joab got in charge of the army again. I wonder if like Joab told David what happened to Amasa or did he just like, I'm pretty sure he told David that Amasa died. Mm -hmm. But I want to know, did he tell David how Amasa died or did just tell him that Amasa died? So news during this time is so fascinating to me, bro, because it's like years here with people finding out with stuff and they in two different cities and it ain't no postal service. It ain't no cars or nothing like that. But information has always been one of the most important resources. That's why we have social media. That's why, you know, our parents had the newspaper and the news and stuff like that. Information, information. The thing about it, such a public arc, you can't keep that in, bro. You could threaten every person, but everyone could talk, bro. Because that's <laughs> just how I feel like everybody had a duty. I feel like everybody had a duty to share news as much as possible and just talk talk about that with everybody. It's like like when we was in school, bro, if somebody fight, everybody can know about it, bro. Because this person can tell this one and they could be the talk, talk of the school. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Everybody can know about everything. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so <laughs> if Joab cared enough, he could have sent messengers. He could have lied. He could have whatever. But as a, I feel like for a fuck, that was public. That was at some point in time going to be public knowledge. It's the king nephew, bro. But when I was when I was reading, um, I was reading uh, uh, First Chronicles, right? Mm -hmm. And they talk about some an event that happened after this, right? <clears throat> and they and they mention one of David's brothers. David still have brothers and sisters alive, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This day nephew, this day son. You know what I mean? Like this this public information. Imagine, bro. Imagine you was David. Big brother or big sister or whatever, your son died, right? He was in David's uh, battlefield. You're going to get to the bottom of that yourself. You understand what I'm saying? And once you know, you know, David can know. It's like if David decide if something worth fighting over, I highly doubt it. You understand what I'm saying? That might just be is what it is. He did have it coming to him probably by law or whatever. So I, I just think, I think David knew. Mm -hmm. That's a fuck. I, I I think he did too. I think David just was like, "All right, you wanted that bad, but I'm gonna let yeah. you keep it." Yeah, ain't nothing I could do with these sons of Zeruiah. <laughs> <laughs> All I could David, do is love them. If I keep them close, to... maybe I could, maybe I could, I could kind of manage their damage. Yeah, I have to keep them close. <laughs> oh my! So now we see. In uh, verse twenty-three, and Job is over all the army of Israel. Benaiah, the son of Jehuiada, <laughs> was over the Shirathites and the Pilathites. Adaram was in charge of the revenue. Jehoshaphat, the son of Elihud, was the recorder. Shiva was the scribe. Zadok and Abithal were the priests. And Era, the Jerarite, was the chief minister under David. And that was just given a comment of David's, um, his cabinet, I guess, his, his, his royal court, the people who helped him run the country. We see everyone had his, had his rules. And I mean, that's wisdom too, like knowing that, hey, I need some people in charge of different things to help run the, run the nation. I just can't do it all alone. We see someone was in charge of revenue, someone was in charge of the finances. 
you know, we got to keep these, we got to keep our books balanced, making sure, hey, we got money coming and we can afford all these escapades, making sure we pay the army that would needed to be paid. Hmm. Got someone who's scribing, I guess, recording things. I don't know what the record on the scribe, but the difference was between then. I probably should have researched that, but I apologize. Right. And yet the priests, and you had hmm. the chief minister. So, yeah. yeah and someone who's over some of the other people who weren't Israelites, like the Cherethites and the Pilathites, like, hey, make sure you handle their affairs over there. Yeah, I think at this point, you have to revamp your, your court. Mm-hmm. Okay? Been a lot changed. You lost a hit the fell, you know what I mean? You might have had one of your sons <clears throat> in your court, you know. You got to rearrange Joab, just lost his job, not by you know what I mean? So, <laughs> feeling upwards, real dog. So, overall, what was your thoughts on this chapter, second Samuel chapter 20? Oh, I mean, a pretty, pretty interesting chapter. We see <clears throat> David, David, and the Israelites, they still in a Transition process where David is trying to regain everything he lost. But I mean, ever since his fight with the Ammonites, Am- um, Amorites, can't remember Nahash, um, damn people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ever since that fight from the Second Samuel account, it just seemed like Ammonites. Yeah, Ammonites. So it just seemed like David had been playing catch up. You know what I mean? Um, he was on top during that time. He's he um he transgressed. His family was just in disarray. And because of that, that spilled over to the Israelites. And now it's continuing to spill. David just David just spent last chapter forgiving everybody, bro. And still his people who he in, no matter see, <clears throat> David could have showed the Benjamites and Shimei and Zeba and Mephibosheth and and um, all of these people, he could have repaid them with evil. He could have he could have punished them, right? But he chose mm-hmm. to show them kindness. But it goes to show, no matter how David responds to him to these to his transgressors, there are still going to be people who are not who are not on David's side, who do not like David. I don't care if you forgive these people or not. I still don't like you. I still trying to rebel against you. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> people were very disgruntled with. David's governance at this point in time. And you can see it, but guess what? David he ain't, he ain't, bro, like he ain't doing nothing to add fuel to the fire. You feel me? Like David trying to meet you with peace and love, but at the same time, I gotta nip, I gotta nip this in the bud because I don't want this to, to keep growing. I don't want this to keep growing. You feel me? And so we can see where the Israelites, they just ain't on one accord as to how they feel about David. And um and now David and his government, he's just trying to get that in check. That's basically, that's basically like this, this chapter is basically that part of the continuance of the story in my book, you know? Yeah, and I, I agree. I think right now, it just for me, what it shows is that, again, you got to pay for your sins. Like the damage was already done to Israel. And no matter how much you could try to put a bandit over it and right your wrongs, the initial sin has already left its mark. And that's something I think is a lesson for all of us. Like your sin has consequences. You know what I'm saying? You can be as repentful, as sorrowful as you want to be. But when we look at the facts, bro, hey, all Israel know you slept with a man's wife while he was still there and got her pregnant. 
you covered it up by killing this man. And then you still married his wife. And then the kingdom went into a whole civil war, essentially. Yeah, you're sorrowful. Yeah, you repented for your sin. And this didn't even, this, this just disregarding even your whole other family drama that you had going on, even to send us into the civil war. Mm. But the damage has been done. And yes, you are a humble man. Yes, you are genuinely giving grace. Yes, God has blessed you and put you on this pedestal. But you still have to pay for these consequences. And it's a conversation we get into. I know we're probably going to talk about something like this next episode, but it's like the concept of fairness. Is it fair? Is it, is it right? It's not really for us to like argue with right now, but like we can just see like Israel is in turmoil because of what David has done. And it's going to be hard pressed for him to win back all the hearts of the people because now it's almost like, do I have a better choice? Like, I mean, there were people who probably seriously did side with Sheba in this story. You know what I'm saying? Probably did naturally did side with Sheba, but David had the bigger army at that point. Like, it's like, do I really want you to be my king? Maybe not, but I can't do anything to stop you from being my king right now. So I'll just capitulate until I find this better option. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, our sins, our sin definitely have consequences. And it's just up to us to keep that in mind when we are in the act or about to, because some of them are far reaching than we ever imagined. Because think about it, man. Do you think David knew him taking Bathsheba would put him here? Definitely not. And and even if you did know, it's different when you feel it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's a song that says, who feels it knows it. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? You could know it in theory, bro. But until you feel it, you do not know the, the, the impact of your actions. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't see. A lot of people commit crimes, right? You know you can go to jail if you get caught, but you don't know what it feel like to have a lot of your basic rights taken away from you, to be sitting and you in a hostile environment with the same sex or you in solitary confinement or whatever. Until you feel it, that's when you really know. <clears throat> Until you feel that 20 years, that's when you really know. Yeah, bro, this this the, this the um consequence for my action. I'm pretty sure if you could ask anybody and they could be candid, bro, Nobody enjoy the consequences, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I sure David didn't enjoy. David actually starting to remind me of um Jacob, bro. Mm. Like mm. you have you have people, they life was chill, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and then they do this one thing, now they playing, they playing catch up for the rest of their time. You understand what I'm saying? Like we don't have a time in David having a good life and chilling. Cause <clears throat> before this, we just was hearing but David going to, to bottle and winning. You know what I mean? He he making this negotiation. He's standing up for this person. He doing that. <laughs> and like you know, I, I just imagine the politicians when they in the, they kissing the babies and they just talking and everything just nice. You know, mm-hmm. but now it's like I fixing this mess. But while I fixing this mess, another mess happening. Now I gotta fix this mess. Now another mess happening. It's like, bro, can I have peace? You know, please, <laughs> please, please, like, you know, so. Yeah, I know. I know why I just think about, about that, but it and, and it's consequences for actions, bro. Do you, do you think that David kind of knew this how painful his his um results, his um consequences is gonna be? Definitely not. Hmm. Definitely, definitely not. And and it and it begs the question if he had a mulligan, a do-over, 
worry of not done it. Hmm. But I, I, st- I strongly believe he wouldn't have done it now. I think it just goes to show, man, it's like we don't really fully grasp the weight of sin until we fully experience it. And it's way, way worse than we previously thought it would be most of the times. So you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Again, not even to re-ask the story, prolong this ending. But David tried to fix it himself. And he's, and he's because he thought like, hey, this would be a simple fix if I was to get caught. He never expected it would lead to him probably losing his kingdom for a time period. Like it never get fixed, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like it never get fixed, bro. You know, it was no fix for this, bro. You know, we just get to move on, you know. Mm-hmm. But this thing is still an open thing and you you can feel that every time, you know. Fox. I don't know. This, this is kind of hard to end this episode. I don't even know what to say now. <laughs> so, everyone, Odell, just think before you act. <laughs> that's that's really know, what it boils down to for me. <laughs> for real, then. Let me just see if I can piggyback on that a little bit. <clears throat> Consequences for your actions. It's multiple things we could say. Your children might be impacted. You understand? Random people can be significantly impacted. If you if you love your neighbor, bro, just in general, if you love people, if you care about people, if you do not want people to experience certain things that you wouldn't want to be experienced, mm-hmm. we should we should take into consideration the things we do. Sometimes our actions, especially sin, bro, like our sins, sometimes they have a more they sometimes they they have an impact that is bigger than us. It impacts us. It impacts others. X Y Z. Just think about Adam and Eve. The devil give them, the serpent give them an opportunity to know good and evil. They took the serpent up on that offer. But you ain't know you was going to experience murder, death. Like, understanding the concept of good and evil and experiencing good and experiencing evil is two different things. You understand? And so, like, every time we continue to sin, especially willful sin, we giving, we opening up the door for us to experience evil. You understand? If we don't want, if we don't, if we want to make sure we get to a point where we don't experience evil no more, we need to be working every day to making it to heaven. Understand what I'm saying? If we continue to, to live in iniquity and just do whatever we want to do and don't care about the consequences, that path is not leading us to heaven. You feel me? But if we truly want to get to a point where we don't have to experience consequences, you understand what I'm saying? We don't have to experience pain. We don't have to hurt others then daily. You know what I'm saying? We have to work towards not submitting to sin and working towards getting ass, getting ass. The enemies of David are a dime a dozen. And the need to protect the king against a rebellion is more important than ever. So no traitor is safe. But Israel too is guilty. Guilty of betraying an oath made to their allies. The Gibeonites. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson Gate, as well as your host, Nikaz Gate. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone.
I'm going to see you next week. Mm-hmm.